Is there ever any any product you think is too crappy for you to work with? Or do you feel that your marketing can can do enough, put in enough effort to, to outweigh that? With any funnel, there's three to seven reasons why people don't convert. It's like quality, trust, confusion, shipping, comparison, shopping. And we got to know what we're up against. But if I see big signals, I'll be very honest with the client. I'm like, this could be tough. And in three months, we might not be working together because mm. yeah, taking someone on pre-product market fit, we either look like rock stars and heroes or it'll fail real quick. I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? I was recently on the Do You Even Hustle podcast, and it was a really fun conversation, so I thought I would share it here. In the episode, we talk about Growth Hit and the startup studio we're doing and how we're attempting to run three businesses at the same time. We also talk about what makes a good business to try and invest your time and money into, and then we get tactical on how do you run ads in 2022 with all the updates going on post iOS 14.5 and all the new emerging channels that are out there? Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you do as well. Welcome all hustlers to episode 62 of Do You Even Hustle? Today we have Jim Huffman on the show and he's going to be talking about how he launched three companies with the goal of getting each of them to $1 million dollars and he has exceeded some expectations. So we're going to talk about how he did it. And also, if you like our content and you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to give us a good review on iTunes and Spotify. Today, we have Jim Huffman on the show. He has a very interesting story where he decided to launch three companies with the goal of getting each of them to $1 million. Now, most of you struggle with just one company launching. This guy's doing three, which is amazing. And one of them has already hit $2 million. So Jim, let's let's roll off that. Which you know, how, number one, why did you decide to launch three companies? And number two, how did you hit two million dollars? Yeah, first, let's say this is a really bad idea to try and run three companies <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Unless you're Elon. Uh, Unless exactly. You're Elon. Uh, well, and he's Our got. Jim. Like, yeah, he's got. Oh, good lord! Yeah, he's got like ten companies and ten kids, and he's on yachts with <laughs> Sergey Brin. So he's yeah. doing something right. But um, no, to be honest, it's it's more of like a chronological order thing. I'm like you guys, I'm like, my hobbies are business. I'm, I'm just fascinated yeah. by it. I love learning it. And for right. me, I, I, I started with an agency, this growth marketing agency. And I didn't even want it to be an agency. I was consulting on the side until the big idea would strike me, but that didn't happen. Right. So mm -hmm. I was like, let me go all in on this. And so we did that in the past few years and that um, really allowed us to grow to kind of go beyond like that, that 2 million mark. But the truth is like, I don't want to just like have an agency forever. Not saying that there's anything bad with that, but I get shiny object syndrome, right? And mm. I get excited about other ideas and things, but I don't have the time to do everything. So it's trying to build a team and people and use leverage to do those other things. So we're like, Hey, what if this agency is a startup studio and it can fund our other ideas? And so, um, the, the agency was that, that foundation, that launch pad that's allowed us to launch, you know, um, our productized service one day design, and then our direct consumer brand, handsome chaos that that's just now going live. But, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the high level on like the, the setup of it. 
Gotcha. Okay. And then the three companies um, that you run, do you, or do you like run them all yourself or do you delegate? Like, do you have managers? Like, okay, you handle this company, you handle this company, I'll handle one of them, or do you oversee them all? Yeah. With the agency and like with anybody listening, like the question to ask yourself is where do you have an unfair advantage? Because we have some things we're very much not strong at. We're learning that we're horrible at manufacturing products, right? Like, that's <laughs> what I, like real products are hard. Where we are strong is we can build websites. We can run ads. We're really good mm -hmm. at branding. We're good at optimizing. We're really good at project management, management and process. Right. So that's like the core thing with our agency where there those are shared resources with the productized service uh company two one day design and then company three handsome chaos we have those as shared resources and then the thing that we've learned is like as i i wish i could run everything honestly because it's, it's it's really fun but we have to have focus so it's really having one person that doesn't necessarily run it but they're project managing it and in charge of it and so with one day design it's my business partner jonathan um where you know we we're big fans of eos entrepreneur operating system and like level 10 meetings he's running that meeting with handsome chaos it's myself and our creative director and the creative director she's running that i'm still like running the agency and growth head i'm i'm looking to actually I'll always be involved in it, but I want to sunset myself and someone have someone run that because I'm a big fan of if you can find the right people that are rock stars, what can you yeah. do to remove their ceiling so they can hit their goals? So it's it's a win-win. But that's obviously the hardest part, right? Is finding good people that have yeah. the vision, that get the culture and are down people for are, it. People are the hardest in, in our industry, oh, in, the, in the gym industry, like finding good coaches was always the thing. And for us, so we decided, hey, let's just train them in house. So all our coaches were trained in house, and then it was better that way. Now, now I'm helping other gym owners train their staff in house instead of just seeking. Nothing wrong with seeking, but um, we feel like they're part of the culture. So I'm I'm gonna do one more question. I'm gonna let Martin take over. Um, you said you you obviously outlined your strength, and we'll jump into that in a second. But let's go over the weaknesses for a quick second. You said product was an issue because apparently you guys just sold out of your of your clothing is your clothing brand right well yeah so uh handsome chaos it's actually a men's uh grooming product and gotcha. it's for for dudes with longer hair that maybe you so skip it doesn't apply to me i'm not uh, your not, target market over not, here right not yet <laughs> right we can we can get you some some hair growth stuff, but, gotcha, gotcha. but um, a to Z. it happens but when you own a business dude you're just gonna happen you own three so be ready I know it's coming and the gray hairs are coming too. But um, basically you have that second day hair. You maybe skip the shower. Your hair gets a little oily. Gotcha. Um, it's like, it's essentially dry shampoo for dudes in pomade form. Nice. That way you can put it in your hair and you look like you're fresh and clean, even though you might've rolled out of bed because nice. you pulled it all nighter. Martin um, so yeah. definitely, definitely take over that one. He'll be your number one customer. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so one thing I do want to ask, um, what did you learn about physical products that you would tell a new entrepreneur? So obviously you 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 said you you guys made some mistakes, and obviously physical products are hard because you got to do manufacturing, designing, all that stuff. So give give us like two three pieces of golden nuggets that you're like, man, if I was starting this over, here's what I would have done. Yeah, well, I'm coming from like digital where it's mm -hmm. lean startup, right? Yeah. It's test and learn, get your MVP live, get a landing page live, throw ads to it, and in 48 hours you can iterate. You can't apparently you can't do that with manufacturing. Right? <laughs> no. So, um, I mean, we we found a manufacturer and I'm like, all right, let's do this. This will probably mm. take like three, five weeks. It's been 15 months. 
right to, to get a product we really like we we sold um we we pre-sold a product that doesn't even exist and sold out we still haven't delivered on it because we keep getting these samples that just aren't there yet and so that's really made us learn one you have to find the right partners know what you want give chris feedback because the feedback loops aren't ours it's weeks and months. So every turn is so vital. And now as like we're launching this first one, we're thinking, hey, what's that next product? Cause that could take eight to 14 months. And so um, it, it's been a, a real steep learning curve for us. Yeah. Um, and like- Would you, would like, you oh, pre-sell yeah. again? Was that, do you say, was that a good idea or was that a bad idea? Cause like, obviously when you pre-sell, you have expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I, if you pre-sold to me and I pre-purchased it, at some point I would start asking to like, yo Jim, where the hell is my shit, right? Um, yeah, have you had to manage those expectations. Oh, absolutely. And we tried to be very transparent where it's like a pre-order. It's like, oh, it's yeah. going to come in three months. The reason why we did it is um, taking a step back with this concept of a startup studio. Um, every startup studio, whether it's Pioneer Square Labs or Atomic VC, they have a validation team where you want to be the idea killer. You have this great idea. Let's give it some time to run to see if it's worth investing time, money, and resources. So we pre-ordered on the back of, let's validate this. We stood up a Shopify site. We launched ads. We uh, actually even did a survey to a thousand people to validate, do we have something? So. So I think if anyone's looking to really make a big investment in something, I would do the pre-orders first before you waste a year on a product and put it out there and nobody likes it because that would be uh, pretty sad because I, actually... I, I could have done that. Well, that, ha that happens a lot. Actually, I wanted to jump into the growth marketing, growth hacking that you're you're known for. And I was researching and you, you wrote a book and you, you surpassed Seth Godin for 72 hours which is awesome. Congrats on that. Uh, you know, I've been reading Seth Gordon for years. And then I was, I was, I was reading and you're talking a lot about having an you know, unfair advantage and a good product. And I don't know if you've noticed this lately, but there's a lot of crappy products because of like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and everyone's kind of like telling you just launch, just launch, do this. Now I feel like the market's flooded with crappy products. <laughs> what do you think about that? How does someone find your unfair advantage and actually create a good product in a world where it's, people feel it's okay just to launch crap? Yeah. And I, I think maybe when it wasn't as competitive back in the day and just having an option um, works because there are principles of launch and having an MVP you're not proud of where that works. However, to even be contrarian to that, because I've I've kind of changed my opinion on that uh -huh. a little bit, okay. um, where I look at, at Atomic VC, I look at Keith Raboy from the PayPal Moth Mafia and how he launches startups and he's very anti-lean startup. It's like, oh no, if you've done the research, if you know you have something, go to market with the best possible option. So it's, I wish it was black and white on like which methodology to do, but it kind of depends on, is it an emerging wave or industry where there's more forgiveness for something that isn't perfect? Or if it's something more mature, it's more saturated, you better have a good product and you better know your persona. If not, you're, you're going to hear crickets when it comes mm. to trying to grow. So that's, yeah, it's it's something we're we're trying to navigate and figure out. As, I really, as well. I really like that term, Jim, called forgiveness. So yeah, basically, what yeah, I'm saying, if I were to dumb it down even more, uh, not that our audience is, you know, simple-minded, but just just to have a little soundbite is basically, if your industry has a lot of options, you better be one of the best to stand out. And if it doesn't have a lot of options, you can probably just launch quick and have like a minimum product and then see how things go. But yeah, you're right. There's such a spectrum of things in the middle where 
you know, some like if it's a physical product, like you said, it could be weeks on turnaround. So before you actually launch and sell it, you want to make sure it's freaking awesome so that you don't have to go reiterate, right? Like you sell a hundred thousand units and you have to recall 50,000 of them. Something like that would be a, so I feel for car manufacturers every time, like now that I've done physical business, I'm like, when they have to do a recall, like I feel that sting. I'm like, damn, that's got to suck. So, <laughs> um, but- <laughs> With that being said, though, is there is there ever like any because you guys have the agency? Is there ever any any product do you think is too crappy for you to work with, or do you feel that your marketing can can do enough, could do enough like you know uh, put in enough effort to to outweigh that, or is that even possible? Man, we we've tried to be saviors for companies that come to us, and we really want to do a good job. But honestly, our team and our process, we will just accelerate how fast you fail. If oh. you are pre pre mm. pre product market fit, because we've taken on companies where we we've started doing a pretty good job job now. Like if it's an e commerce account, we're like, what's your conversion rate? What's your retention? What's your average order value? What are you paying for ads? And I can kind of get some signals like, oh, they've got real traction. This is special. I'm like, oh wow, their conversion rates below one percent and their average order value is fifty bucks. Something is off. So even before we grow, we're like, okay. Is this product right? Or are you going after the wrong audience? Or are you not positioning this? Because with any funnel, there's three to seven reasons why people don't convert. It's like quality, trust, confusion, shipping, comparison, shopping. And we got to know what we're up against. But if I see big signals, I'll be very honest with the client. I'm like, this could be tough. And in three months, we might not be working together. Because mm. yeah, taking someone on pre-product market fit, we either look like rock stars and heroes, or it'll fail real quick. Right. So, so Jim, yeah, let, that's me, let me jump in and ask you that question. Because on the one hand, I, I, it's, it's much easier to throw fuel on fire that's already burning, right? On the other hand, how do you decide like, hey, these are just embers, but it has potential. So let's work with them versus, hey, these are embers and everything they're doing is wrong. And I don't care how much fuel I put on this, it's never going to work. Yeah, we, we've had some companies where we work with them pre-launch and like mm-hmm. got them to seven figures under 12 months. And it was really like, do they have a persona that's high intent, that's proactive rather than reactive? Mm-hmm. Do they actually have a, a product that's unique? Doesn't necessarily, not even better, but unique to that persona that's solving a problem or meeting a need. Um, and do they have some little unfair advantage, you know, whether it's a distribution channel or an influencer or a partner right. or whatever that is. So, but yeah, if, if I was really good at making those predictions then maybe I'd be raising a fund yeah, right? and, really and putting my that's money one that thing, way. That's one thing I want to mention for those hustlers who are looking to work with agencies like gyms. Um, it's not just you taking a risk working with them. They're taking a risk working with you because, you know, Jim and his company have to vet you and make sure that, Hey, like, you know, we're not, they're not advertising for a company or a business or a person who just is not going to go anywhere. So it's a risk on both ends. And, and, I, and I didn't used to understand that before. Like, I'll be for, fully honest. I've had people approach me to like, you know, help market my gym or help market my service. And they're like, yeah, we'll get you to number one on Google or, you know, we'll get you all these customers and, and do this. And in my head, you know, I was very defensive when I looked at that. I'm like, there's no way you're going to do that or how, right? But with the legit companies I work with, they would try and vet my gym. They'd be like, okay, what is your conversion? Like when 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 people come in for this free trial, like what are you converting at? You know, how's your staff retention? How's your landing page? Let's take a look at it all. So they would try and vet me as well, which I thought was a lot better. So just wanted to throw that in there. Will you say that to all of our prospects? That was a great pitch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just things I've learned over the years, right? You don't get to understand unless you're on the other side. So, all right. So let's jump into your... Um, so out of the three companies you launched, let's jump into the one that hit the 2 million mark. 
Um, if you can just give us some gold nuggets, like, okay, here's what I think we did correctly to hit that revenue goal. Yeah. So that, that being growth hit the service-based business. Um, some of the big inflection points were, you know, it was kind of built around like, oh, I was like teaching and writing a book and stuff, um, pivoting that to really make it about our team and our process. So I'm not just selling my soul. And that mm -hmm. was investing in a legit website um, yeah. and really putting ourselves out there and how we, we build in public because there's so much noise in the marketing space. How can you make content that's unique? Right. And that was kind of the byproduct of us wanting to start our own stuff. And, and that's how we got on the map with a lot of startup studios. Another big inflection point is hiring. And this might be the opposite of what you hear with agencies is a lot of times in agencies, it's build the SOPs, get the training down, hire junior, hire cheap, train and scale, which by the way, does make sense um, with, with some businesses. Um, for me, I got lucky in that people fell into my lap that were very senior that I couldn't afford, but I was like, I have to work with them. Like my business partner didn't come till two years after I was doing this. He took us from half a million to, to a million um, just with being able to scale in his processes. Same with our creative director and, and director of growth, all senior people. The advantage of hiring senior over junior is if they're a true been there, done that, you hire them in like day one and two, they're taking problems off your plate. They're doing it better than you did. So you can focus on what you do, which um, that's hard when you're a bootstrap business owner. You're like, oh crap, I've got to pay that per month for the person. And then after five months, you're like, I will pay them whatever number they want. Right. Um, that's and, a good so, point, actually. Yeah, As somebody who's an entrepreneur um, and, and anybody who's hired anybody knows, I was wasting a lot of time on delegation. So things would get done, but they would only get done if I actually put it in a list and organized it, which would take forever. So I would have to spend a whole day like, okay, this staff member's job is this, and this is this, and this is this. Then once that's out there, things would get done. But just doing that alone ate up so much time. So if somebody could just be like, okay, here's what your business needs. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Do I have the authority to do it? Like, And then it got to a point where I just gave our manager a credit card. I'm like, here's our business card. Like anything that needs to be done within $200, don't even ask me, just do it. Like bathroom needs this. I don't ask me, just do it. So like, I, I understand where that's coming from. Um, in terms of somebody who's running an agency, um, you know, what, what are some of the things that you still have to delegate that you want to do quality control on? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. I mean, definitely the actual delivering of our product, which is being a growth team. So mm. I'm still very involved in that and like on those growth, internal growth calls, because I want to know, are we getting these people results? Are they happy working with us? Um, another big thing that I, I just hired a VP of BizDev, who I think is going to be a rock star. But the way we sell, it's very much selling strategy over execution. And it's it's a steep learning curve for him. So I'm that's something that I'm so close to firing myself from, but it's not there yet. Mm. Um, but early on, I got myself out of finance and accounting because I was doing that for it was taking way too much time. And like that doesn't impact the business, right? When I'm and doing it's also that. not fun. It's so boring. It's, boring, it's not yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, chasing down outsource that easily. Yeah. No, no, totally. And then hiring a, a project manager, I put this off for a while. I was like, oh, do we need it? Like, that's dumb. And I hired a project manager and I'm like, why didn't I do this years before? Like, <laughs> that's always how it goes. Oh my God. It was transformative. And so, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like the e-myth, right? Where like, if you have a business that depends on you, you don't run a business, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, you have to be like, I, was, I wasn't a business owner. I was a glorified consultant or freelancer for a while. And just in the past few years, I'm like, all right, 
I got to fire myself from, from things just so I have I really a true do. business. Yeah. And the one thing I'm really fascinated with is the whole uh, growth, the whole growth marketing and trying to grow a business. And just for everyone listening out there, like, you know, I'm looking, I was looking at the list. You have like a glass vodka, you got Sharply, you got some unique brands that come to you. For someone listening, what, what advice would you say? Like, what should they focus on? Because now there's there's so many social media platforms. There's like so many, like, you know, you read an article, it says, grow your email list, build a website, go on TikTok, you know, go on YouTube, go on Pinterest. What would you focus on one thing? Would you, are you one of those that do believe in being everywhere? Or how, how do you think a regular person should, should focus on growth? Yeah. So at a high level, when you grow, you literally have four options. You can pay for growth, grow organically, grow through virality or partner channel. Unless you're spending over like 100K or 50K per month on ads, focus on one to two channels and do it extremely well. I have a million examples of companies that have gone to B rounds of fundings really big, not because they mastered Pinterest and TikTok and blah, 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 mm -hmm. because they found one or two things and exploited the crap out of it, right? Um, it's about really doing that extremely well. Even if you're like from a paid perspective, until you're spending over 15 or 20K, stay on one channel. And yes, it's Meta or Google. Um, are we looking at TikTok and like trying to go down that path? Absolutely. But for repeatable, scalable growth that's trackable and ROI positive, it is not there yet. It is amazing for brand awareness. And I would even start organic there before paid. But um, I know everybody's been rocked since the iOS update to Facebook. But yeah. just in the past four months, we've had some of our best results there. But we've transformed really? how, yeah, we, we work with the Facebook disruption team who like designs the algorithm. We pay five figures to be in those meetings. But the way you run ads now, it's all about creative. They haven't updated interest-based targeting in four years. It's not about lookalikes. It's your creative. It's broad. And let the machine learning work in minimal campaigns. So you get over 50 events in a week. Sorry. We're kind of nerding out on that, oh, but, uh, sure. love it. No, people that's, love yeah, that's what I'm thinking through. But, um, but the obvious thing is like, everyone wants the growth tactics and the, the, the secret sauce. And I want that too. I still look for it. But the truth is you got to get your positioning dialed in. You got to understand the problem you solve for a specific persona. Cause when you do that, you are a rock star when it comes to growth and those channels will look so much better because we really want to like past that step of hearing the bad news, like they kind of like us, but clients don't love us or customers don't love us. Like, what is that? And when you unlock that, it's it's transformative. And how much would you say you guys focus on organic versus pigs? Let's just say someone comes to you, like they're, they're blowing their, their, their wad on, on you guys, right? And mm -hmm. they don't have much money. Are they, are they, are they kind of screwed or are you, are you, do you tell them, no, you really need to invest money into, or, into paid or is organic yeah. still viable? Yeah. And to kind of combine this with a question, the inflection point that helped the agency is when you start a service-based business, if you're like me, you kind of say yes to everything because you're worried you're not going to get a paycheck. Yeah. But as we got more confident, we were able to say no to things. And we're like, nope, we only do this, this, and this. So to answer your question, um, we tell people like, unless you're going to be really spending over 10K or be driving over 30,000, 40,000 visits to your site, don't hire us, right? It's not, really? it's not worth it because we're too expensive. But if you want to build an infrastructure that can scale, do that. And like we don't do organic. Again, we only do like, we only design your site, do CRO, 
do ads on Meta and Google and in email marketing. And then we have other recommendations for other channels. That's um, Jim, if I yeah. can jump in on that, that's awesome, by the way. Um, if I can um, ask you a couple tips on Facebook ads, because a lot of the listeners that listen to this podcast are also friends of mine and friends of Martin, and, and they can't currently spend, you know, 100K a month on ads on Facebook ads. But when they get to that level, of course, they can reach out to you. So let's help the people, if you don't mind, like, let's say somebody has an ad budget of like three to $500 a month, right? And they're like, okay, I only have this much money to spend on Facebook ads. You know, what would you tell them to recommend them so that they can work that money and eventually get to that 10K a month level? Like, what are some yeah. of the quick tips for Facebook ads that, you, like you said, the targeting hasn't changed in a while, right? So if you're like, mm -hmm. like I was in the gym business, if I'm like targeting gyms, I always, my targeting options were, and if we were like a sports facility for children, so it was not like a workout gym, but generally mm -hmm. I would like choose moms that have kids. That was one of the targeting options. Um, yeah. I would obviously like target like the sports that we service, like gymnastics and cheerleading. And mm -hmm. then, um, yeah, like some ads would work great, some ads wouldn't. So would you, if you were able to kind of give us some tips on that? Yeah, and even with some interest based targeting, because we we're big fans of that for a while back in the day. Mm -hmm. But obviously, like they found that like the accuracy has gone down on that, where it's even mm -hmm. the opposite. Sometimes it's like thirty percent accuracy because people don't even know how they're opt in to those interests. So if you're spending a minimal spend, honestly, I'd want that minimal spend to be like fifteen hundred a month or two grand. Mm -hmm. And here's the main thing that matters. What is the goal of the ad? What is the main event on your website? If it's a gym, maybe it's to book a session. Maybe it's to get a lead. Maybe yeah. you have an epic content upgrade or white paper on like, you know, a keto diet or like a 12 week training program. Right. So whatever that event is, is you have that event firing on your ad account. The question is, can you get to 50 events in a week? Because when you do, um, you tell the algorithm, hey, here's 50 events. Here's a decent sample size to where find more people that did those events. And then you get out of learning mode and you get into optimization mode. So if you're spending a small amount, one of the worst things you can do is have a million campaigns, a million ad sets, because you're stripping away those events and not putting them together to get out of learning and out of optimization. So I know your region, but then go broad. And I know a lot of people are like, wait, broad? And here's the reason why. The biggest lever you can pull is creative. And the reason is, when Meta is looking at their feed, they don't want you to make ads that people get annoyed by. And then they're like, this platform sucks. It's all ads. I'm never coming back. Mm -hmm. They want creative that feels organic and feels good. And so you need to overinvest in creative that matches the platform. So we've had good success with taking organic TikTok content, putting that on Meta and Instagram, because guess what? That stuff works extremely well. It's user-generated content and stuff people engage with. And then you're telling the algorithm, hey, this is a good account to go after. And then we'll do those campaigns for click-throughs and uh, engagement. And then right. we'll shift it to that main event with that content of the content upgrade or the, or the lead. It. It's, it's funny because you brought up creative organic. And, and that is true. The one thing I hate a creative uh, ad, sorry, whatever has creative. The one thing I hate is like when, when like, there's an ad is just literally like, Call, call like do, do you need like it's very specific it's very awkward like it's uncomfortable it's like some crappy photo so i know i could spot bad creative but what's good creative like what, what makes it good what, what makes it ad like because you said like a good ad but like it's kind of like almost counterintuitive to some people like so what, what would you say about that yeah um there's so many different like frameworks and ways to think about it but to keep it very simple is 
First, we have had much more success with user-generated content where it feels more authentic and social rather than something that's very professionally done. Um, also, when you can play up the use case or the problem that you're solving in a fun, very like raw, authentic way, um, that is much better. Um, and so, and also like being benefit focused over feature focused. Um, but you see this on Instagram a lot, actually, a lot of influencers were like, Hey, you know, like I'm having trouble keeping my shoes clean, but like I brought this thing, check it out. And they're like spray it on their shoe, whatever. It looks very raw. Like they did it in their basement, but, um, and, and I see them and I'm like, that's promoted. So it must be making the money. That's the format, man. And when you can also combine it with like, this is a simple example. It's like, Hey, I'm a snowboarder and this is why I'll, I never use this beanie again or why I'm always using this beanie. It's, mm. and then it gives the benefits. It's like, Hey, it's, it keeps me warm. It doesn't have sweat drip through or like it fits under my helmet. Um, when you can like be authentic, do problem solution, and then identify with the persona, that's the recipe for, for really nailing it. But, um, Love it. But yeah, identify man, with the persona. I think that's key. Key thing that I haven't heard before, which is really awesome that you share. Because imagine if you see an ad, it's like, "Hey, are you a gym owner?" And you're like, "Whoa! Like, how did you know I'm a gym owner?" And then <laughs> my like, listening to me. <laughs> yeah, is that Alex Ramosi that's just like jumping in my screen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's got some good stuff. He's got some good stuff. I know he's very yeah. strong. Um, okay, so do you, so you mind just one last thing? So what? Yeah, go for it, dude. So you're talking about creative and. Uh, I, I like it's just can we just take one quick step back uh, some people that listen are still on day one so if you're stuck on day one like what, what do you what do you think are booming industries right now or, or niche, niche niches based on your experience in the last few months yeah as far as like startup ideas and industries to jump yeah 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 we, we have listeners are just looking to try something new like i was just kind of wondering because i saw your the variety of clients that you work with like, oh, like it kind of yeah. got me thinking like what's booming right now yeah, I'll go two answers for you. One, let's think distribution first, like grow on a, a channel that's writing example. Imagine being a Shopify app, right? When the Shopify marketplace opens up, that's why Privy sold to Attentive for an insane valuation. So what are those marketplaces? Stripe just opened up their uh, marketplace five months ago. There are going to be some massive companies built on that marketplace. Who's going to win there? Mm -hmm. um, Slack opened up not too long ago. What are things that are going to win there? I wish there was an HR tool built into Slack because I'm a remote first company. Slack is our office. That is yeah. our, our conference room, our lobby. So that, that's one answer. The, the other answer is let's think persona first with what has changed over the past few years, right? Work from home, remote work, athleisure is booming. And like just trying to put yourself in the shoes of like, what are high intent personas? My favorite personas are dog owners, yes. parents, <laughs> yes. um, you know, anything kind of um, around the bridal space. And like, yeah. what are new problems they're going to have that, that you could service in this this new world? So the, the, those are fun frameworks to think through um, ar around different categories I to go it. after. I love That's it. Awesome. Um, uh, we're almost running out of time. I do this so that it keeps us on track. Um, for those of you listening, a fun little Zoom hack because we don't want to go too long is we use the free version of Zoom and it caps you at 40 minutes. So it gives us a timer like, hey, you're running out of time and tells us, like, hey, our podcast running too long. So you, so just wasted, one, you just wasted 10 seconds with that. I know, right? <laughs> so uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, you do have a company called One Day Design, which I'm fascinated by. Two things I want to ask you. Number one, how are you able to completely generate you know, full websites in one day and have a turnaround that fast? Is it your um your processes and your templates and your and your or is it your design team 
Yeah, again, it goes back to like, where do you have an unfair advantage? Mm -hmm. We're really good at designing websites that convert and um, we're really good at process and systems. Gotcha. So like we, we just delivered a, a design to someone in, in three hours. It was a full redesign of their homepage, right? Wow. And so we're- that, Takes me three days. <laughs> a, right, yeah. yeah. And we, we were inspired by, we saw that uh, Canva does like over a billion a year in sales. We're like, what can mm -hmm. we unbundle out of Canva that's premium? And so that was the, the thought of it. And we love the idea of like eight minute abs. So we're like eight minute abs, but for your website. Mm. Um, and the, the magic about that where growth hit isn't scalable because we're having meetings all the time, that's completely asynchronous. And that's one that we're hoping to scale. Like we launched that one, we just got it to basically like 40K. And so love we're it. trying to get that one to 83K a month to hit the, the 1 million mark. But then I just um, wanted to mention that it's not there, they're, you know, when you design a website in one day, they're all unique. It's not like they all look the same, right? Like you guys have that as one of your Correct. Yeah. Like, it's right? not like, oh, here's your template and we change yeah. the logo and put a smiley right. face. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's all you guys and We do research. Design. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that I wanted to mention that for you guys, because a lot of people think of these services. It is a premium server, but it is 24 hours. Last thing, because you guys work with landing pages, can you give us three things that people can do today to increase their conversion on their landing pages? Obviously, the advanced stuff like cookies and stuff they can come to you guys for. But, you know, just somebody who's starting off, they're like using, you know, you know, Wix or something. What are some of the three things they should have on their landing page that will automatically help them out? Oh, I love this question. So first, um, one thing to think about the more you talk about the problem you're solving and the better you can articulate it to that persona the better you'll be perceived as the solution for it um, so really lead with that the second thing your headline should not talk about your feature or what makes you special your headline needs to use a very special word and that is you talk in second person of mm. the benefit to that um, another one is have social proof above the, the fold, whether that's a testimonial for people starting out, have your mom give you a testimonial, get logos. <laughs> if you've like helped people lose over a thousand pounds, yeah, a quantify it. And then the other thing is a lot of people in their landing page thinks, think they have to go for the jugular and be like, bye now. Like, right. no, do, do the opposite. What is the next step in the journey where there's maybe a quiz funnel or content upgrade or mm. like customize your consultation? Um, going for a question over a command can be very impactful. So th th those are some kind of quick ideas. I love it. That. That, make goes, it, make it's it like, mobile friendly. Yeah, yeah make it more exactly, <laughs> right? Which shouldn't be too hard these days, but um, that that should be, I love those tips by the way. Even somebody who like me who's done landing pages. I'm making notes I, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's, that's awesome. So Jim, if somebody you know wants to grow their company, where can they reach you? Like get, get, this is your chance to pitch. Yeah, let me shell my stuff, right? Um, yeah, so yeah, we're um, we'll have a podcast. If I was starting today, you can get all of our stuff for free. Um, I, I, I tell all the secrets there. Um, growth hits growthhit.com. I'm Jim at growthhit.com. There's two H's there. I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, Jim W Huffman, and then One Day Design is just One Day dot Design. Um, and yeah, if if you want to get your hair dry, handsomechaos.com. But I don't know if that works with this this audience. But there you go. <laughs> hey, we got some handsome people in the audience, so I'm sure they'll uh, they'll hit you up. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for uh, sharing your time, and we really appreciate it. Thank you guys. This is awesome. Love what you're doing. Uh, really Thanks, good man. podcast. All right, hustlers. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Jim Huffman. By the way, don't forget to check out our previous episode where we chat with Steve Maxted about his app called Rentiri and how it has helped hustlers just like you make up to $30,000 in a single summer. It's truly amazing. 
you'll find that in episode 61. And if you know any guests that would make for a great fit for our podcast, uh, be sure to reach out to us and tell us all about them. Or if it's if that person's you, you can reach out to us. Our email is info at doyouevenhustle.net. And finally, be sure to head over to doyouevenhustle.net and join our Hustle Nation newsletter. Uh, we have some very exciting bonuses planned for our listeners. Plus, it's free and we don't do spam, so why not? Today's episode is brought to you by no one. Yep, we have zero sponsors. I haven't reached out to any companies, nor would I expect a reputable brand to give me money. But I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. GrowthHit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, GrowthHit has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out GrowthHit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman.